Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. Connor's out sick today, so we're self-producing the show, and uh, we don't have anyone to keep us in our lane, so things could get crazy. Yeah, I feel like we got to be really careful when Connor's not here, because if we get in a fight, then like there's nobody to stop us. Yeah, we might nobody just Nobody else is even, like, Silas isn't here, it's no, just it's us. No, it's just us. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You know what's funny, though, is back in the very early days, when it was just you and I... You know, we had that little disc rack sitting Heck behind yeah. us. We didn't, that didn't happen. Connor instigates it. Well, no. No, he does. He does. It is Connor. <laughs> Connor instigates it. Not, he never does it intentionally. He does. We yeah. just will avoid a, a subject that we, we know, know we disagree on yeah. and he'll bring it up. He'll bring it up not knowing and then, then it's it game happens. on. Then yeah. we're just at each other's throats. Just something to think about. Uh, not a huge week in disc golf this past week. It was a big weekend for us. We'll do that actually uh, really quick Yeah, first. it was a huge week. It was a huge oh. weekend for disc golf for us. Uh, this past weekend, if you're not aware, we had our grand opening of our foundation mini stores. We're calling it our in-person retail store here in Forest, Virginia. It went fantastic, better than we expected. Yeah, we also awesome. had Foundation versus the Nation, which we won't spoil that, but it what I'll spoil a little bit. It was very close the entire match. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss that. Um, huge shout out to all of them. The money raised from that is going directly to Bedford County Parks and Rec to help uh, buy some gravel that they need to expand one of the parking lots so more tournaments can happen out at independence park i'm i'm happy about that which is great because yeah. we were kind of on it's the thing i think from what i understood it was kind of getting to the point where tournaments might not be able to happen there anymore the parking situation was because the parking situation yeah. and the the neighborhood was very upset if people parked on the road up there yeah. so it was kind of an iffy situation but they're able to add i think it's close to 40 new spots that's huge um, that's huge not just from our we're just donating part of the gravel, obviously. It's going to yeah. take a lot more gravel than that. But uh, So that's going to be big. We're excited for that. And um, that video will probably be coming out on Thursday of next week, the 19th, I believe, is the date that video will be releasing. So you're not going to want to miss that. We also have a bogey bro battle coming out tomorrow and the next week. But the grand opening of the store... It was electric. We were kind of... So we had like 100 of these Dark Horse blacked out Raptors that we were very excited about. And we had hyped them up, but we weren't sure what to expect. Like, what does a drop do in person? Like, we had done right. online drops. We'd never done an in-person release. And we'd never done a, anything in person in Lynchburg other than just, like, vending at tournaments. Right. And so, we did the Foundation vs. the Nation. We went to Sheets. Brody and I went to Sheets. He was riding with me. We're headed over to the shop. And we get a text from Trevor. This is at about 1.30. So, yeah. an hour and a half prior to the yeah. store opening. We get a text from Trevor. And he goes, there's a line already. And then eventually you said there was like 40 people. You guessed. Yeah, it was already line. to like the corner of where we are. And so Brody and I are like, what the heck? So we're stoked. Uh, so we pull in. And when we pulled in, we already had to park somewhat far away. Hour and a half prior to the opening, like I said, we walk in. I'm bu I'm like stoked out of my mind. Because I was right. in my in the back of my head, I had this fear that there was going to be like three or four people in, in line. Yeah. And then we we're going to open. And it was just going to be like a slow trickle through. Yeah. By the time three o'clock rolled around, my parents rolled up because uh, it was my birthday, and they were originally going. They were trying to like, they they had a cake and they wanted to surprise me for my birthday. But again, no one expected it to Dang, be as dude. busy as it was. Brought that thing um, in. I think my sister said she's going to bring it in today. Ooh, uh, it's oh, a, it's sorry, a massive, Connor. It's sorry, a massive buddy. sheet cake, so it'll still oh, be here. No, won't. <laughs> yeah, it will. Uh, so my dad walks in at two fifty-eight. We open at three. He was like, hey, I'm not going to stay long. I know you guys opened at three. He's like, just wanted to say happy birthday. And he goes, this is crazy, isn't it? I was like, yeah. He's like, you realize the line's wrapped around the building, right? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, it's all the way like, so we're in a like long tubular building kind of. And we're in this back corner unit. 
And the line, when we had last seen it, was to the front. There's like a pizza shop that's almost kind of around the corner. And you go down two shops. It's going to the corner that we're around and then across the building. Yeah, across the building, like two shops in. Well, we hadn't checked it in probably like 40 minutes or so at this point because there's no need to keep walking out there. And in that 40 minutes, it got from the pizza shop past the cupcake shop that's next door, past the phone repair shop that's next to that, and around the corner of the other side. And so there was probably like 150 or so, maybe more people in line, which was insane. Um, and I mean, it blew us out of the water. It was yeah. incredible. So I'm sure some of you, a lot of you who are there, listen to this podcast. Thank you all so much for coming out. Um, it meant the world to us to be able to open that and have that type of reception. If you're in the area or ever driving through the area, currently we're open 12 to 8, uh, Sunday through Friday. And then nine to eight on Saturdays. Um, right now, we'll adjust those hours as needed. Probably about a month from now, we'll make some adjustments based on when we're busy and slow. But for the first month, that's it. So uh, you can pop in a bunch of foundation exclusive stamps. Uh, releases are going to be going on. Used discs. Apparel, tons of used discs. We have about 1,500 discs in stock in there, not including the used discs. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I was blown away. I still can't get over this weekend. I think it went better than any of us ever could have expected, and yeah. that was all thanks to y'all. So yeah. huge shout-out to all of you for coming out and supporting us. Hopefully you all had a good time, and if you're ever driving through the area, we'd love for you to stop by and uh, say what's up. So uh, we also this weekend, something Brody reached out to me a little bit ago, and Ezra's brother, Judah Aderhold, had been doing this for a while. He's actually on Instagram at Disc Golf Illustrated. I didn't know this had been going on. Hmm. He'd been making these world rankings for quite some time now. Uh, um, and his is like heavily mathematically based. Well, I mean, he. let me just read you the formula so you can understand when I say like well above what I understand. Right. Well, I, there's like a decay theory involved. Well, there's two. There's a bunch of... So the initial points formula, the formula for the points each rating gives someone when they beat them is Y equals... What is this? Uh, one 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 three two one eight zero. I think that's in millions plus, and then in parentheses, point five three four zero zero six eight minus one 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 three two eight one zero divided by one plus x divided by twelve oh one point seven five six raised to the power of ninety two point eight seven five four three. X equals the rating of the player you beat. Y equals the point you receive from beating that player. Now what? So, um, huh. exactly. That's when I look at that, I'm like. Because Brody had pitched this to me as a, a rating, ratings, world rankings that you can easily follow or <laughs> know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I was very excited for this. And uh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. No idea. There's also a decay formula, the time decay factor. Um, closely after the time decay factor for the ball golf world rankings, uh, it's a little more fluid. So each week, there's no decay for 13 weeks. And each week after that, loses 1.1% each week. Um, so then he, he created a new one, though. That was the golf one. His new formula. And then he puts a bunch of numbers. So the results shown below. So you can read all of that. It's on fdnsports.com. It's our main one. And then he also has a tier factor for BA Pro Tour slash NT, which NT no, no longer exists. So Elite Series event, non-Worlds major, and then Worlds so that they're all weighted. Um, and so he explains all of this to get to this new world rankings, which is actually drastically different. Well, not drastically. We'll go with drastically different from any current world rankings out there. And it's again, like a continual power struggle of what's the best world ranking, right? 
Um, and to yeah. be honest with you, this one's the one we're going to keep posting on FDNSports.com. This is the one we'll refer to a lot. We're going to kind of continue to use all of them uh, until there's one that we're like 100% confident in. I think that the best, the best world ranking currently is still what we talked about, the Disc Golf Universe ranking, which yeah. just you combine all of them. I think yeah. that's the best bet because this one, as we'll read through the top 10, or top, we'll just kind of go down the list a little bit. Is it, he is also only is doing it for is still up. Somebody had that URL for a second there. Which one? Somebody like made the site. At oh one yeah. Point. I guess they have a new. Well, if you're listening and you made that website, I'm sure you are listening. Then I guess you better. Yeah, new one to factor in. I guess you better um, update it. Also, this one currently is only for MPO, just because uh, that's what he was kind of doing this for fun on his own, and he put. He said he put hundreds of hours into developing the the math formula that goes into it. And so he said, basically, if this one gets popular enough, he'll spend the same amount of time and energy to create the FPO well, one, but he doesn't have it right that's now. That's the beauty of our world rankings, the universe rankings, because we take all of the math that's already been created from every single system and just average it. Yeah. So we have more math than anybody. And plus, we and can explain the math really simply. it took us hundreds of seconds. A plus B plus C divided by three equals universe ranking. Something to yeah, think about. I mean, fifth grader knows that math. Yeah. So that's the Pythagorean theory. Pythagorean theorem. You know, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Yep, that's it. I've used that every day in life. Uh, so this one, like, it's the one that's going to be on our site. Uh, I want to be like, this is the world ranking. This is a hundred percent accurate. This is what can't. Though. I can't though, and I'll tell you why. So let's just go through the top ten. And Brody, I know you're listening to this, and I know that you are probably upset that I'm saying I can't call this he the can't official agree. world he ranking. Can't agree with some of these, but I can't. I know he wants to. He, he wants can't. to. Everything in Brody wants to think wants to agree 100 percent with these, and he wants me to promote it as there's 100% at least one the right thing one, in there that's criminal. There's me, several things. Let me in pull here. up UDisc uh, alongside so you. So here, I'll just read the top ten to start. We have number one, Ricky Wysocki, no argument. Number two, Paul McBeth, no argument. Number three. Calvin Heinberg, four, Chris Dickerson, first argument, number five, James Conrad. Yes. Question mark there. For reference, he's 14th in UDISC. Number six, Kevin Jones. Number seven, argument number two, Kyle Klein. For reference, he's 10th in the Tough UDISC. one. Now, I, I mean, I don't even know why I put him in the top 10 right now. Yeah. I think the issue that both of these have is not enough recency bias. It's so difficult, isn't it? You because have to find the fine line of you don't want too much recency bias where someone wins the last tournament, they go number one in the world, here. but you want enough that if someone is really struggling, they're not in the top 10. Here's where it's difficult, is you don't want a random player. Okay, so you need to have some recency bias because you need to have guys like like fall out of the top 10. Like, for instance, Kyle Klein. Like, he's hanging on to results he's had in, like, last season and the season before. That's why he's been hanging on. Um Nate Sexton's another good example. He's barely playing, but he's hanging on to his previous results. Eagle McMahon, I guess, is probably one of the better examples, too, because he had built up his index so high on UDISC, um, but he hasn't been playing because he's been hurt. Well, that's what. So Eagle in this one, the DGI World Rankings, right. is eighth. But then. But it's a tough thing, too, because, like, what do you do with an injured player in World Rankings in general? What do other sports do with injured players? I think, they, I think it's a similar thing where they just slowly slide. Um, because I think that's what I think I remember that happening with Tiger. He would just slowly slide. It's just um, a weird one. Because then the problem is too. So you're, we're saying we want to have some recency bias, but then you can't have too much recency no. bias because then what happens is you're seeing the rankings just shift too All much, the time. Um, and you're seeing guys who will have like a couple good events. They can't be bumped up into the top ten just out of nowhere. 
listen, it, it's just it's so weird to say, and obviously, obviously, like here, maybe what needs to happen. Hmm. I, I, I almost think that, though, I almost think that, like, the best system, because, like, when we argue world rankings, we're thinking in the terms of, like, the last, we are thinking recent. Like, when people, like, when we say, how is James Conrad in fifth, right? We are thinking recently. That's why. And not, and I'm not saying recently, like, the last two weeks. I'm saying we're thinking recently, like, the whole season, right? Yeah. Like, that's how we're thinking. I think when anybody argues for the world rankings, the reason that they're arguing over like this, the course of this season, that is how they argue. Nobody, nobody thinks world rankings and is thinking over a three year plot, right? Nobody, yeah. Nobody's doing that. So in my mind, why is the world rankings not only factoring in the last, I don't know, 15 weeks or so of like, oh, like six months or 15 events or whatever. Like, because that really in the, it, this, the world rankings is not meant to be, the world rankings, in my mind, is meant to capture right now the world rankings at this moment. Exactly, this is the world rankings. Correct. This isn't this isn't the world rankings of the last ten years combined. Like, let's make a top list of, like that, that'd be like that's like the NBA seventy five. Right, rankings. that's what I was thinking. Like that, that'd be like me saying, let me make the top one hundred players of the last five years, and that's the world rankings. No, the world rankings is let's take what's happening right now and throw it down. And right now, for example. Um, if I'm looking at the U-Disc one, um, or I guess yours would be better. Right now, James Conrad is clearly not the fifth play- best well, right player now, in the world. Well, right now, Gannon Burr is a top 10 player in the world. Right, and right, right now, now, Gannon Burr should be top 10. Like, What's he on U-Disc? He's ninth. Okay, so good. On ours, on the this one, he's 13th. So, but Gannon Burr is a top 10 player. Right, and and like this, it was hurting Garrett Burr. Garrett Gerthy is 19th in this. For instance, it, this like even U-Disc was, like was hurting Brody for a while because Brody was like, until the last event, he had to do that to bump up to where it's a little more accurate. He's in 50th now, and I think that's at least fair. Yeah, that's close. But he was, like in 70, he was like in 78th in his bit largest finish. Like, most of his finishes were like top 40, top 30, and it's like, it just wasn't capturing what's happening right now. And I think that's what's, that's what's weird about, the, about world rankings to me is like, I don't, people are consuming disc golf like as a current event. So if you have world rankings that reflect very recent events, I don't think people are going to get mad well, about that. As long I'm, as it's not like the last three events, like I don't have a problem backtracking it to like, for me, I think the sweet spot would be like, let's I think like six months. Yeah. Let's take the entirety of this season once, because now that we have enough and like, let's take a little bit of the end of last season. And I think that's a good picture of what we're looking at in disc golf. And I think, but I think by the end of this season, I don't know why we need to be going back another season. Because like that's not the current world rankings. Like that's that's like what happened last year and this year. Like I don't know. That's a weird one. And I'm not. I don't know. World rankings are not like. The, the other thing is we do place too much emphasis on world rankings a lot of times because at the end of the day, I think that becoming world number one is a big deal. Like speaking up. And the thing is, it is, it's so weird in disc golf because there's been so few players that have been world number one. So like, it's not, but like in golf, it shuffles around a good bit because it's very hard. It, well, it, it has since the tiger era, we'll say that, but it, 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 um, it's so hard to stay world number one. You know, I'm sure like Jason day was a world number one at some point, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa. Like it's in the last few years, it's shifted around a ton and getting that world number one is a big deal. But then I don't know. In disc golf, we talk about it a lot, and I don't really think that world rankings—they're fun 
but like how much do they matter now and i'll say this well, i think they're great talking points yeah. of like they help statistics like they're because fun what to, you what you want to be able to say is we'll just use brody we just used him again you want to be able to say the 40 right now right. he's 46 on this the 46th best player in came the world third. just came in third yeah that, right that's true it's where it gets skewed is like you disc when brody came in third he was like 68th in the world he was, he was, he was higher than that i, I think he I think moved he jumped, up to 60 i think he jumped up 20 spots maybe there's 20 some well, spots have it. it should have the mover on there unless it updated past that i think was there a tournament has. this weekend yeah. goat hill so happened he this moved weekend. up two more but he was i could have sworn he was in the 20s regardless let's just say is a let's lot. just say 70 brody's not actually the 70th player in the world right so when you say 70th player finished third it skews what's actually going on right. because that's not accurate Right, and so that's where and like that. Look, if we're using those stats in the sense of it being a current stat, then the world rankings need to also reflect the current ecosystem of the disc golf like competition. Yes, right. Like that's that's the whole idea. Is like that's okay. what I'm saying. Is like it. If you want to go back far enough, sure. Like I like the time decay on the one that Judas put together here, and Judas. If you look at it as a broad world ranking and you don't get nitpicky, very good. You disc, you look at it as a broad world ranking, you don't get nitpicky, very I good. Guess, I guess here's what... It's just when you get nitpicky and you look right. at some players, there's some players that just make no sense where they're here's at. Here's what the, these world ranking systems do, that the that one we're kind of like mentioning here. And and let me be clear, I don't really know what implications this would have. I'm just kind of throwing some ideas out there. Yeah, throw but, the ball uh, and sticks. That's what we do out here. But... um. Here, what this, what the UDISC World Ranking System does that I do respect when you add in more time and, and like a less time decay is it protects the number one ranking spot to where you're actually able to hold it like with, within reason, right? Like Ricky Wysocki can hold on to the number one spot and he doesn't have to be winning week in and week out. I mean, he does, well, he but does. right, but he you, wouldn't, he wouldn't have to. Like, friends, it took, it took, um, it took Dickerson quite a while to bump into that third spot at the beginning of the season, even though he was playing really well. Like it, it protects the number one spot, which I think is a good thing because I don't think anybody should be able to get into that number one spot. Uh, I like the idea of it rotating somewhat, but like nobody other than than Ricky, um, Ricky Paul or Chris has deserved that spot over the last I don't know good bit of time. Or Eagle at one point he certainly did. Um, so I guess that's where the tricky balance is, right? Like I want a more current event or a more current rankings that's like reflecting what's happening now. But also if you do that, is that going to just make it to where holding on to a number one in the world spot is just impossible? I think, there's, I, think I think the one Jew to put together, it's on our website. Again, you can check this out at fdnsports.com if you want to look through because he has it all the way to like 250. It's wild. Uh, and he put a ton of hours and everything into this. And I think it's, Obviously, for the time period it covers, it's accurate. I think if I had to make an adjustment, again, I don't even know the math, so how dare I even say if I had to make an adjustment, but yeah, if I had to make an adjustment, what I would do is increase the uh, whatever part of the formula for the time decay to have the more recent like six months yeah. value a lot more, and then like once you get past like a year, really start dropping off. So it's still factored in, mm -hmm. but nowhere near as much. So like if yeah. you played really, really good a year ago and really, really bad today, you're still going to be able to like benefit a little bit from that year ago. Yeah. But you're not going to be sneaking into the top 10 so or something like that. I've got the world. So the world golf rankings, the, this is a list of um, 
I believe this is the this was created in quite a quite a while ago. Not like ancient times, like not like the beginning of golf any while. Uh okay, first position was in 1986. Only 25 players since 86 have had the world number 1 ranking in golf. And the list basically has who had like the the longest streaks. Tiger Woods and this is a big reason why there's only 25 people on the list is because Tiger Woods had rule number one for 683 weeks. <laughs> Greg Norman, That's like 10 years. That's over 10 years. Greg Norman had it for 331 weeks. Dustin Johnson, so now he gets past the Tiger era and the Greg Norman era there. Uh, Dustin Johnson had it for 139 weeks. Rory had it for 106 weeks. Nick Faldo had it for 97 weeks. That's back a little bit. Uh, but then you have, you know... Adam Scott only had it for 11 weeks. Justin Thomas had it for five weeks at one point. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has it right now. He's had it for seven weeks. Um, but the point is, I, in the golf one, I just kind of was curious to see um, how theirs works a little more. You definitely are well, able this, to hold on to a number one spot. should be factored heavily. This was heavily influenced by the golf. Right. The so math and stuff in, behind in it, this, this one. In the world golf rankings here, you are definitely able to hold on to a number one spot for a significant amount of time well maybe what it is is like you just need to factor in because the, the the problem is the difference the in tough the, the part is the, is so, is the so pro weird. tour points should be like kind of what we're asking about of like super recency yeah but not everyone's playing all the pro tour so right. it, it's hard like the pro tour rankings points wise um until all the drops and everything happen where like we get past that eighth event and stuff starts dropping it, it's hard to like really use that as an accurate tell either because yeah. we'll talk about it here in a second, but like we're not going to see Dickerson until July. So like he's obviously yeah. going to drop down the pro tour ranking. I but guess, I guess where it gets weird let's too, do this. where it gets weird too though, is because, because you disc is doing the compare thing. That's where it gets real fishy because like right now, Gannon Burr, um, you can look if you want, but I'm sure Gannon Burr is taking Kyle Klein's lunch money this year. Like he, I think, I think Anna Burr has been top 15 at every event he's played um, a lot of times, top 10. Um, he, according to UDISC has a 51.3% chance to beat Kyle Klein. It surely it's really, it really higher than that. Um, look at, just look at, um, well, I'm gonna just open both of them next to each yeah. other. Kyle Klein. And I'm, I can probably find a better example. Cause like Hammes is another one who's very close to a guy like Gannon Burr. And like, I bet he's crushing him this year. So that's, that's where it gets weird is like, you have the UDISC rankings who are basically giving you a more a, a ranking system with a lot more longevity factored in, but then your your like big selling point is this com- player comparison thing, and that is a very recent st- statistic. Like you're basically saying tomorrow, Gannon Burr has a just over a fifty percent chance of beating a guy that I think he's probably beaten like a hundred percent of the time this year. Mm-mm. Is it is it a lot less than I think? I might have to find a different example. I'm sure there's one in here. No, I'm I'm, I'm counting up right now. Okay, right now we're two to two. So, well, that's surprising. I can I have to find a different one then, because I know there's got to be there's got to be at least one outlier in here. <laughs> the silence is probably killing people at home, but I'm trying to look this through. Is uh, Kyle Klein is having a better season than we think he is? Because Gannon Burr, like, has he not? Like, I feel like he's been like top ten. Like, no, he had some 25, 24. Oh, so Gannon Burr, weekends that were bad. Gannon Burr is one, two, three, four, four and two against Kyle Klein. Okay, so not not the best example. Well, it's still better than the fifty percent, right? 
I guess what I'm trying to say though is like because that's more four out of six tournaments is four divided by six, sixty seven percent chance. Yeah, based on based on when it, how it's actually shaken down. So, you know what I what I twenty percent yeah, variety. It's just it's interesting that they're tied that the UDIS World Rankings are tied very directly to a statistic that like is very recent. Is very recent when their their rankings. Have we ever found out how far back their rankings go? we did at one point it doesn't really say it i didn't thought i'm sure it does right i don't think so here we go learn how world rankings work on the UDS. no because it's just like if you don't play it it drops you out but i've never oh because theirs is very based on who you beat week in and week out but your dominance factor seems like it they even put in there like if nate doss came back his dominance factor would have him in the top whatever right which is just crazy yeah i mean I don't know. Let's do this. We're going to call this the foundation gut. The gut world rankings. We're going to call it the... Well, that's what I was saying. Okay, so this... F-D-G-G-W-R... F-D-G-G-W-R-T-R-T-A. This is what I was saying to Hunter earlier is like, <laughs> everybody fights over these world rankings, but I bet you right now we could just say a world rankings that we just like believe in with no stats tied to it, and people would probably agree with it more than some of the ones that are coming out. So, and that's where it's like, hmm. FDGGWRTRTA stands for Foundation Disc Golf okay. Gut World Rankings that rule them all. And let and we're just going top ten MPL. Yeah, and I, so like Ricky's one, Ricky for sure. I agree with that. We we need to agree on all these, but I think we will. I think Dickerson is two. I would agree there. I think Paul is three. Yes. I'm not going to just crush him. And then Heimberg, four. And then Heimberg. This so far, is, we're all in agreement. This is where things get fishy, because where do we where are we putting Eagle on this ranking? I think that's where we need to decide. We could just put an asterisk. Eagle McMahon's ruled out. Because, mm. I mean, he's he's probably not coming back this year. Yeah. I'd have to say. If, if we put Eagle in there, Eagle has to be five. Right? Like there's no way around that. Yeah, let's go ahead and put him in the five spot. Let's just keep him there for now. Let's forget that. Let's forget all about that. This is, and I think this is where it starts getting tricky. Because now you consider the the bunch of like Matteo in sixth is an interesting one. He's um, had a good season. Yes, he he has, and, and he he I think he's been good enough for that spot. Where does he compare? I definitely to, think. I think uh, you just you have to start going like because where does he compare? I was going to make an argument for Drew Gibson, but he's went thirtieth, twentieth, twenty sixth at the last two. Yeah, and then Kevin Jones has come on strong, but he had a slow start. Then he had a slow sp- start. Wow, he had a really slow start. Yeah, Kevin, I remember you were saying he was. That's what I'm saying because even I think mean, until we he had Kevin, that third, like can we put Kevin Jones in tenth. Yeah, has James Conrad had a sneaky good season, and we just feel like he hasn't. Are we crazy this whole time? We could be. What if we just Gannon Burr's season is so good. He had two bad weekends in Texas, and his bad weekends were 25th and 24th, but he went 2nd, 25th, 24th, and he went 7th, 4th, 5th, 5th, 10th. Conrad's went 23rd, 12th, 4th, 11th, 15th, 10th. I'll be darned if in the current events... So Gannon Burr, where do you want to put him? I would put him right after Matty O. So you're going to go Matty O 6, Gannon Burr 7? Yeah. And then Drew Gibson... You put Drew Gibson that high? I would say because if we're gonna close out, I would go like Drew, K 
Kevin Simon, I think, to close. Mm, Simon's a good one. Because I think Simon's in 11th on the UDIS, but he's actually been very good when he's been playing. What is he? Because like this year he went, he had the, he had a bad start, but then he, I mean, he's gone sixth second in his last two. I don't know. That might be high for him. The problem is like you get to a point in the world rankings, like it, we do forget that once you get past like the top five guys, like people just take like 35th place out like, of nowhere. It, it just happens because like, yeah, okay. I could be like, Ooh, Simon had an inconsistent start, but let me go to the next guy, Joel Freeman in 12th and Ooh, he's had a better season. Never mind. Joel Freeman. Joel Freeman goes. Joel Freeman's in, in the top ten. Si- he's got to be ahead of Simon. He's gone third, twenty fourth, fourth, eighth, fourteenth, sixth, twenty sixth. Why are there so many Kevin Jones? Joel Freeman's had a very good season. So you you want to put Kevin Jones up there? Even though he had this stretch where he went twenty first, twenty fourth, twenty third, seventeenth, twenty second. Yeah, I guess. And then he just came in seventeenth. I'm breaking my own rule right now. He just came in seventeenth. I don't much. think Kevin Jones is in the top ten. If I'm being completely honest. I think Joel Freeman has, has had a better season than him. Well, he has. So we go Joel Freeman eighth? <laughs> Look at his season. It's been really good. He literally... He's, had Joel Freeman had a better season than James Conrad. Uh, let me, you look up James Conrad. Okay, I'm searching Joel okay. Freeman. We definitely should have just... James Conrad, it. 23rd, 12th, 4th, 11th, 15th, 10th. It's very comparable, but I think... Yes. 3rd, 24th, 4th, 8th, 14th, 6th, yeah, he 26th. He's, I think he has... So you want Joel Freeman and eight? I think Joel Freeman and then James Conrad. So eight, nine, Joel, James. Bro, is... Joel Freeman and eight. Just immediately, everyone's gonna hate this list. But look at his finishes I, hey, this year. Hey, you know what? Connor's not here. I'm not arguing. He's been, he's been so good. Joel Freeman, James Conrad. I guess what we're Who's learning 10? is if you really want to make an agreeable world rankings, you just put in names that everybody knows. That's true. And Let's then, just you know what? Let's just put Greg Barsby in ten because because everybody thinks that. Scratch this. Foundation gut ranking will go: Ricky one, Chris two, Paul three, Calvin four, Ken Eagle Climo five, and seven. James Conrad, Double G, Avery Jenkins, Greg Greg Barsby, Steve Rico. That's so funny. And we'll finish. We'll finish it out with uh, Barry Schultz. You know what is? Well, we don't have a tenth place to be real, though. Okay, you know who's so our tenth? Since um, um, we have Joel Freeman, James Conrad, <laughs> Drew Gibson, Simon Lazar. Wait, Drew's not on there yet. No. Yeah, put Drew on there. Put Drew in ten. He's got to suck recently. No, he's okay. okay. Right. Put Drew in there. <laughs> Drew Since NBA did their seventy-five, I think we should do one. All right, backside, disc golf. disc golf 75. No, not right now. <laughs> I think we should make a disc golf 75 and get and get everybody riled up. I love it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing, though. And if you're listening to this, just ignore this well, or just go along with the joke. I'm going to start making lists in disc golf and, and like, posts and whatever, like, or like a disc golf top 75 of all time list. And I'm going to start making new Twitter accounts to post them that look just official enough that you might believe that it was post like created by somebody important, not me. Um, just to get people extra riled up. Because if it comes from foundation, blah, 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 it's on Reddit, everybody's hating it. But if it comes from just an anonymous account with a cool looking logo that Hunter may or may not have helped yeah. me make, then all of a sudden, you know, when I've got Ken Climo in like eighth, like we we might have something, you know? So I think that's what I'm gonna do. I might I'm probably gonna do that at some point. And I haven't decided if I'm gonna try or not. Just or, do like top fifty and just don't put climb on the list and see what happens. <laughs> or like see who see who you can leave off the list that people are I like, I just like, like should be in the top ten. And I just, just have like, to decide my rationale because if I'm going based off of actual skill, listen. No, here's what I you was, do. Here's what you do. Yeah. Side forget everything you just said. Okay, I forgot it. You create a new Twitter account. 
called disc golf lists. And what you mm. do is you list a top 10, but you don't tell anyone what it what is. What it is. And then the tweets have to respond. Side note, you don't even know what it is. I don't even know. I just start doing it random. You just put and 10 I, names I people, and you tell people like, what's this list so for? That's so funny. I, I actually though, the whole Ken Climo thing, I had an opinion on Ken Climo as far as his ability. Uh, I never considered him better than like the grace of all time. Let's make that clear. Like Paul is for sure the grace of all time. That's a right tough now. argument though. Versus Climo. It's a tough argument. It depends on where you, what angle well, you go from. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the same. We won't get into it because it's the same thing as any other sport. But I will say, my opinion was hurt a little bit. Well, helped, I guess, when I watched somebody posted like 2001 Worlds, Pro Worlds, onto the, uh, on a YouTube, like restored coverage, which is just a jolly good time. Go ahead and check that out. I think it was like in 4K. Oh, heck yeah. Um, and, Listen, I've heard Ken Climo talk about not having the same discs, um, but here was what I would like to say. He's just not as good. <laughs> like, I don't care if you gave that guy a Star Destroyer. It was like they're not, they were not that good. There you right, where, go. Where are you ranked in the Ken Climo era? <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to dare say anything like that. <laughs> I mean, it also, and I guess there's another point, is that the courses they were playing were so much shorter as well. But, like, I was watching this man, like, shank drives on like 380 foot holes like trying to like put his whole like body into it and i'm like i paul could park that with a luna so that hurt and this is 2001 we're talking about it's not like this is the nba argument and we're talking about guys that played in the 60s versus these new athletes these days no this is not that long ago like 2001 that's like 2001 Alan Iverson that's what I'm saying 2001 we had very athletic people not playing disc golf but like I you can't make that part of the argument you can't say well the athletes have gotten that much better because there were still tremendous athletes in the world and the disc technology thing yeah I get it but like I said you know I've seen I've seen a good players throw and I don't care if you put dx discs in their hands they're still going to be good so it's like when uh, Paul did that 90s challenge. Yeah, like he can still he can still kick you around with him. So um, you know what we need to do. Yeah, go ahead and watch that. If you ever like really want some perspective, this no. Here's what we do. Barry was looking good. We looking go young. to like some of the old. We find a course that was worlds was played at. Oh, I love this. Yes, we go there. Play the layout with, with the 90s the, discs. with their discs and see what we and shoot. see what we shoot. I will say they were. This was like the last round I was watching, and they were very far under par. <laughs> So. Just, well, but there's nine rounds of worlds back then. Also true. That's so a great idea. If you're ten, if you're ten under a round, you're ninety under par. That's a great idea. We That's, need to do that. Let me. So see. we're All gonna right. find a worlds course that is in, in as close of a layout as it can be to worlds. And like that the is the best idea late you've 90s. ever had. Could we? Where would would we be better than Ken? <laughs> I mean, I can and we just, just get old. Ooh, end of a disc. I can just feel the hate. I can feel it. We just get old end of a disc. We um, we mimic his bag as much as we can, okay. and then we just go see. We go we go play, and so, we see what happens. Okay, so DX rocks. Like I'm throwing all over the place. We are going to Ohio at some point, and there was one in '91 in Ohio. Let me see how close they get. Well, we just have to, to find a course that hasn't been changed enough. You know Charlotte, what I'm North Carolina in 97. But like a lot of the Charlotte courses have been redesigned. Let's we'll see where that was. I feel like your best bet's going to be like Cincinnati in 98. We're going to Cincinnati. What's, what's the course? Okay, let me, let me We got to find that. Holy cow. This could happen. <laughs> that's That might be my greatest video idea of all time. That was, that's pretty great. PDGA World's 1998. Can we beat Ken Climo? Let's see here. Cincinnati, Ohio. Ken, Someone's going to steal this idea. Ken How Climo. He went 47, 46, 47, 49, 48, 47, 48, 46. We had to beat a 46, which what rated 
Don't uh, worry about rating. Oh, there's different courses for sure. Yeah, going what course on here. though? Let me see if it says on the. I don't know if it. It's not telling me even when I hold down on the thing. I might have to look. I might have to look further. Yeah, might be a little farther investigation needed. 1998 schedule and results. Yeah, is this what I want? This isn't gonna help me. No. We can find it surely. 1998 disc golf world championship. It's got to be an article or something. Scott Stokely came in second. Scott, Stokely. we take Scott Stokely back to the course. Oh, and we shoot. play him. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than There's that, footage. they were in Texas like all the time. They went to Port Arthur, Texas two years in a row. Okay, here's history of the Greater Cincinnati Disc Golf Oh, there was a world... This is 05. That's a little too late. I was going to say, they, there was also a Worlds in Augusta in 06 that Climate won. So, but those courses have been changed so much. Was it... Which course was it? Was it WR? I mean, that's changed a lot, yeah. My gosh, what were the courses? We're going to find it. Well, in any case... If you know the courses, comment. We're gonna we're gonna find it. If you know the one from the Charlotte one in '97, or the Cincinnati or one the in '97, well, yeah, or the Augusta one in '06, but I think that's getting that is that'd be very fascinating. We need we need to contact this carry. We got to figure out though, because like we got to figure out when he got like certain discs, because like at one at certain points in Ken Climo's illustrious career, he was throwing like well, we should '98. We got to be able to, like the T Bird camp for that's that. what I'm saying. Like at some point, we're gonna have T Birds and stuff, and then Kenny, you better watch your back. <laughs> like as you give us like Firebirds and Wraiths and stuff, like what are you gonna do? Because like that's the thing in '01, the date of approval was '99. He did not have a T Bird yet. But like this, I was watching the '01 World, so this man had a T Bird. Yeah, was it in DX though? When it changed? No, date of approval '99. Right, so, but when is it, what? That's the mold. Yeah, it's, but like, there's no way the T Bird was released before '98. No, but like, it was before. What's another one? one? I was Eagle. I Eagle's know, an old one. I want to know when Champ Plastic came out because that's a big deal. I think I just searched Eagle release date. Of course, that's not disc golf. Yeah, you are. I I need a disc golf search I, engine. I want to know when Champion Plastic. Came oh, hold out. up. Let's search this first. Okay, because, but first it was the like Eagle Pro wasn't out till '99. '99 was a big year. '99 was a that big was the first year of USDGC. Um, big year for Anima. So what was out back then? What was in 98? Like, what discs did they have? Yeah, like, what was Climo throwing in 98? The Banshee? The Gazelle? Was the Banshee out? The, just look at the PDGA-approved disc for Innova. <sighs> just sort it by Innova and go PGA back. PDGA-approved. They had a ton of discs. discs. But I'm like, were there drivers yet? Oh, my gosh. That's a real question, yes, sir. Yes, there were drivers. Surely? <laughs> All right, let's was just go. Drivers? Can you sort by manufacturer? I'm going to 98. I mean, they were the only ones really approving discs back then. So No, there's a lot. Really? F4U Corsair? I want that. Okay. Uh, manufacturers, you're right. Let's go. Yeah. That's <laughs> going to that's gonna make my life easier. That's going to help. I, I know that he was throwing like Stingrays. Uh, the the Eagle has to be out by 98. You I just think said I, it wasn't. I kn- well, on their website, it says approved in 99, but there's no way. I mean, there is a way. And that's not accurate. No, yeah. The Eagle is the first approved disc in 83. Different disc. There's a, new, there's a different mold. There's a it different was a, mold. the old Eagle. The Eagle L, I guess, is the 99. I don't know. Well, else, the the, the modern day Eagle wasn't approved to 99. What else do they have? All right, let's just go 98. And I'm just go backwards discs. Okay. Okay. 98, he would have had the Banshee. That's it. I mean, that's it. Game over. Uh, He would have had the Pegasus. Don't know what that is. You never thrown a Pegasus? Yep. Sure you don't haven't. want it. You don't want it. Okay. Uh, Banshee, the Cheetah. Oh my gosh! 
the gazelle. Yeah, I used to throw a gazelle. It was awesome. The polecat. Oh. The classic rock. Yep. Of course. Mid-range driver, sorted. Viper. Sorted. The Mid-range. birdie. Easy. AVR, AVR XD, rock, cobra, shark. I mean, it's over, Ken. It's over. Sorry, Ken. Ken. Sorry, Ken. When, okay, but when was Champion Plastic founded? That I don't think that was out. And that Plastic. is a big deal. But it's not... Brand cha- new. Brand new DX cha- Banshee? It's not Champion Plastic you need to be looking into because Proline was the first champ, and that was Champion, but it was just called Proline. When did... Or KC Pro was Pro originally Line like Champ 2. We need a history brush up on Innova stuff because... Innova history. Because you can buy a KC Pro Banshee and it's champ. Or a KC Pro T-Bird when it first came out was actually like champ type plastic. It was similar. Good info in this thread. All right, let's go to this thread. Because like that's that's crucial. Because yeah, if we gone. only have DX, man, that Banshee might not be flying the same by the end of the round. Imagine if that was a thing. Imagine if they were only still throwing DX and like... How many discs do you think guys would carry in their bag? Like, if you had a destroyer, are you carrying like CE was 2000 to 2002, 2003 is when Champion. There was Pro Line, which were in between. Yeah. Um, but doesn't say what year this was made. I'm gonna think we're gonna have to assume it was only DX. I gotta imagine if you're an Innova Pro and DX is the only plaza that exists, you're you're bringing like 20 destroyers to an event. To make sure you have a fresh one for every single hole. Yeah, I'm just having all DX banshees. That's my entire bag. Like I would have like a. All right. Well, that's we know it's well th- th- we know what's happening. We're gonna find the course from 98 Worlds. We're gonna go to Cincinnati. We're gonna have DX banshees, DX rocks, DX gazelles, and DX AVRs. You know, if all us fails, and we're gonna see what we shoot. If the layout has changed, we'll just have to watch the coverage and like go to the where the T pad was. Yeah, we're gonna find this. It's going to happen. We're um, gonna beat King, and Carmel. that's gonna be electric. And we're going to get the outfits, too. Well, I can tell you that it's got to be a harder course than Peaks View, and I can't regularly shoot a 46 Peaks View. So, <laughs> we, <laughs> I mean, that's we're talking, we got to shoot nine under to par threes. I think we got to find, like, the cotton polos and wear, like, the cargo shorts, too, because, like, that's part of the disadvantage they have. That's true. They're weighed down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Big deal. All right. It's time Con- for Trevor's Trivia. Content. Fan favorite segment. Um, okay. So, where are you going? I got to keep doing producer stuff, man. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so this idea was actually given to me by Brody, um, very excitedly on the phone one day, a few days ago, um, to where this is how this game is going to work because now there's so much parody in disc golf. And this is actually a good topic because we were just talking about world rankings. Now there's so much parody in disc golf. You, you know, a lot of names, but you kind of like forget if they ever do good. Yeah. So the way this game works is I'm going to give you a name. Okay. And this, this, the realm of competition we're looking at is this season, last season, and the season before. So 2020 is the years. last season that you're going to consider. Okay. Um, and I'm going to ask you, does that player have a top three? Does that player have any top fives? Does that player have any? Th- and if you keep saying no, I'll keep going, and I'll get to top tens. It'll be the last one. Okay. And whenever you say, you can say no for all three, and whenever you say yes, then I'm going to have you guess how many for the second point. Okay. Um, so the first player is Greg Barsby. We're going back to 2020. Yes. Okay. So top threes. Does he have any top threes? Yes. Okay. One. You say he has one top three. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, I guess. Should I keep going. I guess for the sake of when you, for the sake of when you say yes, we'll we'll keep throwing. So, in, including that top three, you're saying does he have any t- uh, any top fives? 
So in addition to the top three, you're saying he has. I think I think it's his only top five. You think that's his only top five, and then any top tens? Yes. How many more would you Two say? Two more. Two more. So three total top tens, one top three. Okay. Well, the answer he ha- he does have one top three. That is correct. When was it? I believe it was this year. Yeah, Texas yeah. State. Thank um, goodness. I thought I was like I was like this has, is a trick question. He has two sure top there. fives, both fifth place. Oh, okay. And then that was close. And then two more. Oh wow. Uh, he has a sixth and a seventh as well. Okay. So, yeah. So I, get the top three I got the top 10 and the top three right and missed the top fives. You didn't get the top 10 right. Yeah, I said two. He has five top 10s. Well, yeah, but like the, if you if you take out the top fives, <laughs> okay. then I got it right. Okay, you're right. Sure. I had three. I missed by two. All I right. guess how I should have said it. Next player, Eric Oakley. Does he have any top threes? No. Well, this is only Elite Series and up, right? This is Oh, yeah. Important to mention. Majors, Elite Series. Yeah, no. That's it. Does he? And obviously, in 2028 tiers, we're pro tours, but that that's counting. Um, does he have any top fives? No. Does he have any top tens? We'll give him one. That is correct. He has one top ten. Heck yeah. Couldn't tell you when or where. Isn't that crazy? Couldn't tell you when or where. Wow. That was impressive. Okay. Next we have Terry Roethlisberger. Does he have any top threes? The last three years? No. Does he have any top fives? Yes, one. One? Does he have any top tens? Just the top five. He has no top fives. Dang. He has two 10th place finishes. Ah! And that is it. Was one at D-Glow? I think so. Yeah. I knew he did really good at D-Glow one year. I couldn't remember how good that Mm. was. Just 10th. Dang it. Next player, Philo Brathwaite. Does he have any top threes? We're going no across the board. That is incorrect. Dang it. He has a fifth, a tenth, and a ninth. I, okay, wow. I believe they all came in 2020. Okay. Um, Dang. Next player, Zach Melton. Does he have any top threes? Does he have any top fives? Also, no. Does he have any top tens? He might have snuck up there at DDO one year. Or USDGC. We'll go one. None. So no across the board? None across the board. (laughs) Makes sense. Last player. This is a tougher one. Big Germ. Oh. Does he have any top threes? In the last three years, so 2020. I feel like he recently did good at something, but I don't think it came top three. So no. Does he have any top fives? Yes, two. And then does he have any more top tens? Yes, one. He has no top fives. Dang it. He has a sixth, two sevenths, an eighth, a ninth, and a tenth. Holy cow. So he had a lot more top tens than I thought. Yeah, he's got six top tens, no top fives or top threes. Dang. Just a little. Six top tens. That's more. That's just thought I'd open everybody's eyes. That's all. Just thought I'd open everybody's eyes just in case you thought certain players were good. Maybe they're not. Isn't that crazy? Big Germ's better than I thought. Yeah, big okay, Big Germ is like is had this crazy career arc where he went from probably slightly underrated to massively overrated to for a long time to where I think right now I think he might be underrated. I think people forget that like at the right course, Big Germ can still throw like 450 foot sidearms. Yeah. And like Well, I think what it is is his 
putt disappeared and he just has this like terrified putt if and he it could, makes you lo- it makes him look worse than he is if he could putt then at the right course he could probably win yeah his backhand is still not great this is the year to do it yeah just find a find a tournament where no one else shows up but and just boop. yeah big parody's kind of crazy he, right now he's had a real roller coaster of a career arc yeah now uh one thing that's been going on uh, with the PDGA is they've been putting out articles where they're calling for candidates for the board of directors, which prompted me. And I thought this was a good topic because you actually have the president of the board of directors on your show this week, correct? Yes. So Mr. Nate Heinold himself. Yeah. Nate Heinold. Um, if you're interested in some of the PDGA stuff, some of the legend stuff, I've got Nate Heinold coming on my which show. I'm fascinated on with all of it. Yeah, so he is the president of the board of directors for PDGA. So I got to ask him about ratings. What does he think about it? You know, I asked him about um, like the PDGA's roles and all. Like, what do they do basically? Because aren't we all trying to figure out what well, the PDGA does? And so I put out, sent out this tweet just because I was like looking through the PDGA, like I do, like I do, uh, looking at their articles and stuff. I saw the call for candidates, and I saw where they like posted about it too on social media. And like I remember last year, we we pushed you know everyone to vote, and some of the people that got on were like that David Schreff guy who has like yeah. a, a crazy list of accolades behind his name and stuff like Wild, that. Yeah. And I was like, man, this past year, have we really seen that much change happen? Based on, I know it hasn't been a full year. I think the elections were in September, but like based on some of the people that got elected onto the board, I felt like more would have happened. Right. So I put out a tweet and just said, how much influence does the board of directors have on the PDGA? Legitimately asking with the board of director nomination going on right now. Just because I know at some places, board of directors can almost fall into like a figurehead role mm-hmm. where everyone thinks they have say, but they don't. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like asking more so like, what is the people who have been on the board of directors or are currently on the board of directors? Like, what do, you, what do y'all yeah. do? Basically. Mm-hmm. I got a few responses uh, from people who know. Some people were just you know trolling it's twitter it happens but people who would know uh one is robert leonard yeah um who was the td for champions cup re- most recently and very involved with the pdj curious to see if these answers line up from what i heard from Nate. so he said for starters the things that people directly feel so basically things that you'll notice the board making difference uh, the board approves all majors the board approves rule and competition changes Mm-hmm. And then he said tons more budget, et cetera. But those are the main ones that people reference. So basically a lot more goes on behind the scenes that like people aren't directly influenced by, but the two that you really feel are approving majors and approving rules and competition changes, which I'll, I'll say on the rules change, gotta be let down. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a letdown. Why are we having discs wedged in the side of the basket count nowadays? Gotta be questioning stupid. that. How did that get approved? Uh, another board member, Leah Senegeni, responded um, and said, "Board members of any org are important. We make the broader, more strategic, long-term decisions and get info/slash updates from committees." Here's the problem. What I think you were not asking. Um, what do board members do? We understand what the role of yes. a board member is supposed to be in an organization. We're asking specifically, and Robert Leonard addressed this a little bit, but we're asking specifically, what do you do in the PDGA? Because yeah, we understand we understand how the board system works and why it is in place. You know, it's to hold the whole entire entity accountable. It's essentially a panel. It's a committee. Um, but, and that's, this is what I, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to go too much into it because this is literally what I was asking Nate Heinold about. But, uh, you know, you know where I find the PDGA lacking the most um, is marketing and social media because 
I know they do a lot, but I think one of the things they should be very responsible for is growing our sport. Um, and I think that their social media presence and their marketing presence is weak to non-existent. Um, well, it's existent, but I think it's existent focused on the wrong thing. Yeah, it's sense. just not, I don't, I don't it's know. It's focused a lot on the pro scene in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, they do little side things here and there. Like I just saw the PDJ member highlight and yeah. they do like TD highlights and stuff like that. But to me, if we talk about this real quick, um, to me, I think the pro scene should be the pro tour. Yeah. That should be the pro tour's focus. And that should be the pro tour's marketing efforts. Because like we have a lot of times you have the PDGA and the Pro Tour kind of posting about the same things going on. Right. And like the PDGA sharing clips from tournaments going on, cool. That's fine. Whatever. But I think that like I personally feel the PDGA and the Pro Tour should still have a good relationship, but split. Like they're they're too connected in a way. Um because, like, I think that the Pro Tour just needs the rules from the PDGA, but then if they split and they basically just said, we're using PDGA rules in addition to Pro Tour rules, it would give them so much freedom. This is really hard for me because I, like, I've heard all this stuff straight from the oh, PDGA president's well, mouth. Well, this is all from my mouth, yeah. so uh, you'll have to hear what the PDGA yeah, thinks in response very, to all of me. There's a lot, re- like, directly related to this. But regardless, uh, so this is perfect, but regardless, because I think when it comes to social media, the... Uh, a lot of what the PDJ puts out and stuff is, is regarding the pro scene. And which to your point, I think there could be a lot done yeah. advertising wise and promotion wise that helps. I get this is where it impacts me. Right. Cause PDJ is supposed to be like pretty much the biggest in- entity in disc golf. Oh, right? they are like, well, yeah, that's the thing. So they're, they have all these members, they've got big budget, um, in, re- in relative to disc golf, they, they are supposed to be the big dogs, right? And then, like, I'll be watching disc golf coverage, and I'll see a commercial come on for the PDGA, and it stinks. Like, and or I'll be seeing a social media post they do, and I'm like, ah, it's you know, it doesn't stand out. So I guess when it's when it, I think about it, like that's where it hits me a lot. It's because that's like a very visual thing, and like social media is is such a big deal these days um, as an organization, and you see all these other all these other entities like the pro tour puts a lot of, you know, they're at least, you know, regardless of the product they create, they are trying very hard at social media and, um, with like the, the, uh, commercials and whatever else they do. Um, so I think that's where I get rubbed the wrong way with the PDG. Well, the tough part with social media, cause this is something we've dealt with as a company that focuses a ton on social media. The tough part is, uh, the uh, majority of social media and what works on social media targets a demographic that disc golf isn't, if that makes sense. Right. I, I guess I want to, what I want to see is the PDGA running Facebook ads to just any random person. That's what, like, like that's what I want to see them running well designed social media ads to an audience outside of disc golf. Well, I'm saying, I think, I think that's where the disconnect is a little bit is like, like TikTok, for instance. The majority of content that gets made on TikTok disc golfers and we felt this uh the main disc like if you share the tiktok stuff you make to instagram most of the comments you get are like this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen but it plays very well on tiktok because tiktok is teenagers young college 
people like that who are going to be crucial for the farthering growth right. of disc golf. I think you're, I, and this might be what you're getting at, I think you just have to accept the lane, right? Like, yeah. we, like we did. We were like, we accept that this is what the TikTok audience is. We're just going to put out what fits with TikTok, and then we might just gain new fans because of that instead yeah. of trying to force something to conform. Well, I think that's what, like, the... In ways, like, disc golf doesn't... Disc golf seems to be creating a lot of Facebook content. Right. And using Facebook content on all social media platforms. Where, like, Facebook content markets directly to disc golfers. Like, the majority of disc golf demographic are the same demographic that loves Facebook. Which is, like, your older, you know, mid, mid, like, 30 to to 50 range people, right? That's Facebook. And then if you take that audience or that content you're creating and try to use it on Twitter it and Instagram and TikTok, you just feel out of touch, yeah. which is kind of what's happening. Right. So then our age looks consumes that same content on Instagram or on Twitter, or I don't even know if the PDG has a TikTok, yeah, but right in disc you. golf in general, that's kind of what a lot of companies are doing on social media. And you go on to TikTok, Instagram or whatever, and you're like, that didn't hit. And that's the thing too, because like when you're... When you are on TikTok and you're scrolling through there and you're the younger generation and you see a corporate company make an, a successful attempt on TikTok doing something like Duolingo yeah, is a big example. Them. Or like there's a lot of... A Toys lo- R Us is coming back. A lot of... Yeah, a lot of... Jeffrey pro- the Giraffe's been dancing all over my TikTok. A lot of pro sports teams do it really well. But like when you see that, it is like you love it. Like you're like, that is so cool that like this corporate... Scrub daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like it... it and it's so easy. It's so yeah. easy. Just get one guy. Well, that's the thing is making good TikTok content is it's imitation. It's very it easy because it's imitation. And you just apply it. The issue is if you're not regularly consuming TikTok, it feels like the dumbest thing you'll ever do. Yes. Even like we regularly consume TikTok to and try to like, understand oh gosh, trends, but sometimes we're doing a trend and I'm like, I'm literally sitting here lip syncing. But you know what? 50,000 views. Yeah. Just like that. And it's like, it took us 10 seconds to make that. Right. It, TikTok, but when you try to... Like a lot of disc golf companies, what they're doing is like trying to make these cool graphics of people throwing and like all behind. Like, no, you need to be using trending sounds. And yeah, get up there and lip sync and like make a cool sound that people yeah, like. And, and then that'll it. work. Like when you TikTok is the epitome of you have three seconds to entertain me, yeah. maybe less. A lot of times you have half a second. You got to get him, you gotta get me right away. Because yeah. I'm whoop, 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 scrolling right by you. Yep. Regardless. Anyways, uh, so if you want to hear more about the PDGA and here, we'll probably have to end up talking about Nate Heinold's interview next week. Some to get because yeah, uh, sure. obviously one thing that Trevor does on his show, which is great, is you don't really inject your opinion much. Yeah. Um, so when something like this, like this interview with Nate Heinold, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we'll have opinions on. Oh, so for sure, yeah, uh, if you want to hear the you got to watch the interview and then if you want to hear the opinions to the interview. We'll have that next week. But uh, yeah, very interesting. All right, coming up this weekend, we have a Silver Series at Masters Cup. Uh, De La Viega, don't worry, we're not going to talk about the course. You know how we feel. Uh, but, interesting Sucks. part of De La, no two-meter rule this year. I, You know, here's here's what I hope happens, um, just in my spiteful De La spite. <laughs> um, love De La. Love it. Um, I would love to play De La. Yes, I would not love to play De La for a pro tour. Right. That's I the, hope that's that the fall I apart. hope that them taking out the two meter rule just creates this tournament where like everybody just ignores the course and just throws everything over the top, and then it's just like the stupidest thing ever. Well, I was watching coverage back with Brody, and like yeah. I was saying, I was watching it with the intention of how, how can many? you break this course? Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. Well, there's the a, there's enough that you. like there's enough that there's some par fours or where like 
th- players were having to throw weird scramble well, shots like rollers and stuff that now you can just throw a hyzer. In my mind, the second you have a hole in your course that somebody can throw over the top of a tree canopy, then your course is broken because I think that is like the dumbest thing ever. It is cool to watch, but like you have this hole and there's a specific design for it. And like there's these gaps and blah, 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 blah. And then a guy just takes a grenade and whips it over top of the trees and just you don't see it until it lands. You've, you've now failed. That, that course has now failed. Like you would not, you would not, if I'm looking to have a, if I'm like, let's say you're assessing, forget well, the, the history of, of Daylight. Well, I'm saying, but like, for, well, man, I'm saying now it doesn't exist. So like that, that is yeah. the problem we might have. Cause like imagine you're, let's get rid of the history of Daylight. You walk out to a course and, you're like, yeah, there's 16 good holes, but there's two where literally everybody's just going to throw grenades over the top yeah. of it. You're not using it. You're well, not that's using it. That I'm really, really interested. <laughs> like, I'm really, really interested to if you could wipe on debate memory, night. memory, they're not playing That's Daylight. what I'm saying. I'm interested on debate night tomorrow night to hear Brody. Yeah. Because Brody has no history with Daylight. Yeah. No recollection. It just doesn't stack up with I the courses on tour. I just want to hear like, someone who has now been on tour, never played Daylight, been on tour for like two years yeah. now. He shows up to Daylight. Gets a few practice rounds in before debate night tomorrow night. I want to know what this it's guy a, thinks. It of belongs it. in a museum. Well, I just want to know, like, what Brody might get on there and be like, "Oh, this is this is what we're missing." And I'm gonna be like, really? uh, I, I feel like he's gonna be like, "This course sucks." Yeah. But I want I want to hear it now. Like, let him play it for a few days. Here he has to say. The other thing that's going on is uh, two rounds on the disc golf course, and they're bringing back the golf course. I One round there. I believe that's where Raptor Leg started. Pretty sure 2016 yes, day I law. So. He hit that massive putt. I really wish they went two courses there, one a day law. That would be like a nice little ode, but I understand that's not. Yeah. Never. Uh, happen, decent MPO field, but we're missing Heimberg and Dickerson. Oh, wow. Uh, so very notable though. Dickerson still isn't going out West. We're yeah. not going to see him till July. Yeah. Like we're, it's, it's May 9th. We're not going to see find his Instagram post. Did you no, know? I didn't, but uh, we're not going to see Chris Dickerson for, Two months. Yeah. Two let full me, months. Let me get the full gist of what he wrote because... He'll be, his next tournament in the Pro Tour scene that he's registered for is Idlewild. Yeah. Which is wild. I, it's Idlewild to me. It is Idlewild to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's basically saying he already drove out there once. Doesn't make sense to do it again. It's a long... Like, he drives. He said, the West Coast swing used to be unreachable for me financially. Thanks to an amazing sponsor. It's not an issue anymore. Absolutely can afford to go to West Coast. However, my goal is to play the long game with disc golf. I want to be doing this for years to come. And I want to give my mind, my body and mind time to rest. So essentially, he's he's taking this as like a, it's not quite mid-season yet, but mid-season hiatus to just kind of like cool down. Um, and he's basically saying how, you know, he only needs eight elite series events for points for the Pro Tour. He's going to do nine without the West Coast. Um, and he just, yeah, I guess he just wants a refresh. Yeah. I respect it. it but it, as a fan of the sport, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a weird one. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I get it. Take the time off, do what you need to do as a fan. I'm ticked. Here's why the, here's why this is so much of a big deal in disc golf. And it's because the field is still not as strong as it could be because of this. And it's the nature of disc golf, right? To where like a guy like Dickerson is at a tournament, like he, He's just expected to almost win every time. Yeah. Because, like, in golf, the tour is so much bigger. There's so many more names out there that... I literally (laughs) just punched myself. Nice. That if a guy takes a week (laughs) off, you might not even notice it because there's a bunch of guys to kind of take his place in in notoriety. But Chris Dickerson, when, like, when those top five guys still have such a chokehold on the rest of the field, when one of them's gone, 
you almost feel like the legitimacy of the next guy's win is taken out of consideration yeah. to some extent. To some degree. Um, well, look, for a Silver Series, you won't really feel it because no. it's a Silver Series. It is what but it is. But for the main Pro but Tour events, it's just, it's, it's that's where it's weird. But I, I like nothing against Chris Dickerson because like, you know, you gotta do you're, what you gotta do. you're a, and you, you know, you're such a baller that you can only play nine events and get make, you know, you're getting into the Pro Tour finale and whatever, like, you know, go for it, go for it. Like, yeah, that, that's awesome. And I respect wanting to take that time off with your family. Like that, Nothing against Chris Dickerson. It's no, just, it's it just as a fan. It leaves a weird feel. I want to see him. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it, and I, because I felt the same way after Drew Gibson won and then left the tour for like two events yeah, straight. Yeah, like, what the heck? And I was like, well, there it kind of goes that storyline. Like Drew Gibson, fresh off of a win, um, disappears. And he, you know what? As a result, Drew Gibson lost traction in, like, I feel like in disc golf fans' brains. Yeah. Because he came he back. He won. And that wasn't a storyline really anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, FPO is also a wounded field, no Paige, Val, or Kristen. So, oh, wow. um, it's a silver series again. So it's just like a typical silver series where, like, Cat's there, Paul oh, and Ricky are there. So Cat's there, and she's yeah. It's Cat versus the world. Yeah, must win. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I feel like more it. like a can't lose. A can't lose. I, yes, yeah, I agree. That is, is a, a that is a can't. This lose. isn't a must win. Yes, this it's a, a can't, can't lose. lose. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I agree. Um, but this is just a silver series. You know what I mean? Like the fields aren't going to be as strong. Key players, some key players are there. This a lot of key players are missing. I think we can put this on our uh, our radar. You need to put this, we need to put this on everybody's radar of like uh, somebody wild might win this type of event. Exactly. Because like De La is weird. So you might, we might have like Greg Barsby just win. Yeah. You and know? the final thing to talk about is, because I feel like we haven't really talked about this much at all. Um, the disc golf match play. Yeah. It's coming up Seeking in... up on us. Beginning of June? Middle of June, I think. Middle of June? Uh, I believe there's four events prior to it. Two actual Pro Tours and two Silver Series. We have Beaver State, OTB Open, Masters Cup, and Portland Open. I believe they're all before it. Yeah. Um, kind of catching the swing. Uh, so there's basically just two main Pro Tours. But the top 16 MPO and FPO are going to be invited. So I wanted to really quick... See if they actually all go this year. You know? ju- that's true. That's true. Uh, see what ends up happening. I do want to look. But it seemed like last year's a lot of players didn't go because it was kind of out of the way, and it was like they were going to be paid a. Cer- it almost seemed like to some players like they could go out there and spend this money to travel and whatever, and then like if they lose in the first round, like the money wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. So I'll be curious to know. I don't know if they've announced anything yet, but I'm curious to see what the purse is this year. So as of right now, kind of the bubble, which will be interesting. Like Chris Dickerson, will he go to the match play? It's in Colorado. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if he's, I don't know. But the bubble, if everyone is going that's invited, Eagle McMahon probably won't as well. Eagle's not in the top 16, so it doesn't even matter. In points, yeah. Where is Eagle? He hasn't really... Is he just not on there? <laughs> what is going on? He should be pretty high. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, he has finished like top five, I think. Did Eagle just like drop out of the Pro Tour? Is he in there? Is this the rankings page? This is the points page. What? <laughs> okay, we have Ricky, Chris, Calvin, Gannon, Paul, James, Joel, Kevin, Nico, Emerson, Drew, Thomas, Luke, Kyle, Mason, Matteo, Chris, Clemens, Corey Ellis, like Ezra, already be there. Aaron Gossage, Casey White, Simon, Alden Harris, Jeremy Colling, Greg Barsby, Go to, Barsby, go to his UJS profile and see, does it have like his points? There's Eagle, 44th. Okay. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. Weird. I didn't realize he was that low. How has he? What did he play this year? <laughs> He's played Las Vegas Champions Cup and then DNF to Jonesboro. 
Oh, we've probably, only seen Eagle twice I've this year. Probably played more. Okay. Here's the thing about disc golf. Eagles man. went 21st, 14th. I think we messed anything. up. Eagle can't be fifth. Can't be fifth. Well, I mean, he, the reason he hasn't played those due to injury. It's true. So okay. we can never mind. Forget everything. Forget everything you said. Okay, so back to rankings. No standings. Where I want to be. Standings. Back to standings. It's All right. Top 16. Top 16. So basically, we're just gonna look at the bubble really both? quick. So MPO and FAO. As far as what I saw, yeah. That's new. Um, I look it up really quick. I double check it. me. This. this is my bracket from last year. Oh, this is only the this is only the men's. Look at look it up really quick while we I go. We know over for sure the MPO bracket last year was was less. Like I remember. I think there was eight last year for FPO. But double check it. It okay. looked like it was sixteen. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go wiggle my mouse. Okay. You talk to him. Um, here's the thing about the match play. Um, it's kind of like the All Star Weekend to where like I wish I want to be excited for it. I love match play. I still wish. I don't know. I wish that does it count for? Is the match play going to count for actual points? No. I it's wish fun. It's I, a, like I, an I exhibition. Know, match. See, so that as soon as you do that, as soon as you make it for fun, I no longer care. It's for fun and cash, and I no longer care. It. I wish. Oh, there, what do you want them to do? You want them to give points to only like only invite the top sixteen and give them points for match play. The PGA has a match play event. It's called the. W- okay. Well, look that. Look up who's okay. invited first. Let's not get sidetracked. All right, MPO, I know it's top 16, so I'll read the top 16. We have Ricky, Chris Dickerson, Calvin Heimberg, Gannon Burr, Paul McBeth, James Conrad, Joel Freeman, Kevin Jones, Nico LaCastro, Emerson Keith, Drew Gibson, Thomas Gilbert, Luke Humphreys, Kyle Klein, Mason Ford, Matty O. That's the top 16 if it were to happen tomorrow. Realistically, kind of on the bubble is Kyle Klein, Mason Ford, and Matty O. That's 14th, 15th, 16th. Uh, and then the Eight next women last year. Yeah, but look at this year. Oh, uh, just search like Pro Tour schedule, and then you can find you can click on the event. Yes. Uh, on the bubble, on the like next one's in. We have Chris Clemens, Corey Ellis, Ezra Aderhold. Realistically, I think sixteen this year. Yeah. Okay. So those six players could kind of interchange. So definitely a storyline to be paying attention to. Uh, more so just because again. It, it, a decent bit of money so towards the like the 16th that's something to be playing for with these next four events and some of the players aren't registered for like anything right now so it's definitely something that that'll shift around we'll try to keep an eye on that fpo wise when you get down to 16 it's kind of anyone's game so your typical four Kristen, cat page val then you have missy cat mersh ella hansen sarah hokum emily beach Owen Scoggins, Alexis Mandahano, Maria Oliva, Haley King, Lisa Fakus, Holland Hanley, Rebecca Cox. That's the 16. Uh, when you're looking at who's like the first out and next in, we have Lisa Fakus, Holland Hanley, and Rebecca Cox. Um, Lisa Fakus is pretty far up there. She's going to be a tough one to knock out. But then the next one's in, we have Jessica Weiss, Hannah Blomroos, and Kenneth Kona Star Panis. Um, Jennifer Allen's a little too far back there, so... Kona could very easily sneak in there with one or two decent finishes. Henna, I feel like, isn't playing much more. She might have already went back to Europe. I'm not, don't quote me on that. Uh, and Jessica Weiss is only three points away from the cut. So, definitely a lot of movement that could happen. Something to be keeping an eye on, especially as we head into playoff season. Top 16 for FPO is going to be real important because that's where that cut is. So, should be uh, interesting upcoming weeks. We got Masters Cup, and then the week after Masters Cup, I believe, is the OTB Open. So next week we should have a full 
uh, preview and all of that. And we'll talk, yeah. we'll break down everything that went on at Masters Cup this week. Be sure again to check out the Trevor Stobbs show on Thursday, interview with Nate Heinold. Also, if you haven't checked it out yet, In the Bag is a brand new podcast with All Business Brad and uh, Robbie C. Um, it's actually a pretty fun podcast. And first very episode's doing very any, well. Very different than anything else. Yeah, we do, no real so. overlap there. Yeah. Be sure to check out Debate Night tomorrow night as well. And if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in the store. Yeah, We're open uh, 12 to 8 and then 9 to 8 on Saturdays. So appreciate you. And we'll talk to you all next week. No preview show this week. <laughs> <laughs>